0: Well, welcome to quantum number 214, a quantum podcast that looks at news and views and culture from all over the world. Uh, From a Christian perspective, but open to all, it is, we try to get the big picture. In fact, that's what I'm calling this one, the big picture. But let me just say, first of all, how encouraged I was. If you're listening to this, I I won't say your name because that's maybe not fair, but there was a, a teenage girl who Came up to me at Norwest Anglican Church where I was speaking on Saturday in what was turned out to be just a great outreach. And and just thanked us for this podcast because it's where she gets her news. And I met some folks up in Brisbane, hi to you as well, with the same thing. And then amazingly, we discovered that uh, Quantum, just myself and Peter who produ- who produces this, just the two of us, but it's now one of the top 10 Christian podcasts in Australia. Uh, as it is in the UK. Uh, America, you've still to catch up. But as I say, we do the big picture. We look at different countries, Scotland, America, China, Australia, Russia, Iran, Argentina, Ethiopia, Japan, all these things. I had loads of stories from these countries. China, for example, the demographic time bomb they're facing and the drought. Argentina, the incredible inflation. Ethiopia, the renewed war. Japan uh, now catching up with COVID, with the rest of the world and bizarrely the government encouraging more young people to drink alcohol. So we look at lots of different countries. We try and get big picture on things like energy and the economy and the environment and humanity and education and the church and religion and culture and sport and war and the Bible and family and the state and politics and the individual and health. So I think, I hope that kind of gives you a picture. But I uh, I tell you what let's just give you examples of this as as we go through the topics that we have for today so let's start with this some music from the Beatles Now why do we play that? Because, not because of the war between Russia and the West being fought out in Ukraine, but also because of the death of Mikhail Gorbachev, the last president of the USSR, uh, who died 91 years old. Now, you can regard him as a hero, you can regard him as a very brave man, You can regard him as a drunken fool, there are so many things that you could say, I think like all human beings, he's a complex personality. But I have no doubt at all that it was his courage which uh, finally saw the end of the USSR. The fact that Vladimir Putin considers him disastrous probably says all that we need to know. But the other news that's coming from Russia is that Russia has turned off the gas to Europe for three days. It's flexing its muscles. It will shut its key Nord Stream natural gas pipeline for the next three days. European officials and energy executives say they've got enough uh, gas to see them through the winter. But the fact is, the prices are going through the roof. For example, in Germany, it's gone up from around I think it was three hundred uh, is it euros. Per unit in fact below that nearly 200 up to 1500 now and it's just climbing and climbing and climbing Uh, the germans relying on russia and dropping nuclear power was such a mistake and people are really really going to feel the pain now you would think that russia is feeling the pain economically but in reality russia is making more money than ever from oil and gas because it's selling oil and gas to other countries like india uh, Iran, even, even selling to Saudi Arabia, which I find amazing. Um, and some of that, by the way, is finding its way back into Europe. It's such a depressing story. You see, there is a price to pay for us fighting a war in Ukraine or through Ukraine. And it may be that it's a price we have to pay. But the people who make these decisions, and this is what I mean by the big picture... The people who make these decisions are people who don't really have to pay that price. So uh, here's a Vox pop from, I think it was GB News. All, all you're doing is displacing the payment if, if you say the government's going to pay. And governments aren't very efficient at spending money. Um, then the has got to go and collect that money from somewhere and take it from someone and, and give it to somebody else. Do you care about your energy bills? No. Why not? Because <laughs> I'm so rich I don't need to. Well, this might sound a bit controversial, but oh, we let, uh, let, let, uh, uh, let Putin have Zelensky with our compliments and turn the gas back on. So you'd give up Ukraine? Yep. None of our business. What's it got to do with us? Now you see the different comments that people are making. Um, The one that really got me, the two that got me, were actually the last one there, were let Putin have Ukraine, which I think will be a much more familiar sentiment over over the next few months. And then the woman who just confessed, I'm so rich, it doesn't bother me. Yeah. And that's the trouble. In general... It's the rich people who are making the decisions. It doesn't really bother them. But it's the poor who pay the price. Okay, um... You'll remember seeing this film, surely? Is John Williams' theme for Indiana Jones and the Lost Ark, starring Harrison Ford. Well, Harrison Ford is out to save the world again. Here he is, speaking about climate change. It's hard to read the headlines floods, fires, famines, plagues, and tell your children that everything is all right. It's not all right. Damn it, it's not all right. Cry out for justice. Justice for Mother Nature. Now, why I play that is not necessarily even to say that he's wrong, but to say that he's hypocritical. Harrison Ford has a private fleet of eight jets, possibly even more. And again, just as we're getting the rich saying, hey, we need to fight Ukraine, you know, whatever the cost, they're also saying we need to fight climate change. I would take Harrison Ford and others a lot more seriously if they got rid of their private jets. But on that whole big issue, if you're talking about the big picture of climate change, and we need to look at the big picture. And it's hard to get that. And uh, from a Christian perspective, we look at it in in, in many different ways. I, I just hate the way that it's so simplistically argued on, on different sides. But one of the big pictures is just simply this, that... Um, If you want to have carbon-free or virtually carbon-free energy emissions, you need to go nuclear. It's why South Korea has now changed its policy completely and is planning for a third of its energy to be nuclear by the year 2030. And in Australia, we've been told that uh, Nuscale, a company from Origin, have said that they can produce small nuclear reactors which can provide about enough power to power nearly 700,000 homes, and they can do it as early as 2027. Now, what you'll find is that the the Greens are going to oppose that whatever. And in Australia, we don't look at the big picture. We talk about climate change and all the disastrous things happening, and then we say we're not. We're going to cut down our emissions, but we still export coal, A hundred billion dollars worth of coal every year. Incredible, to be burnt elsewhere. Well, let's go to another country. That is the national anthem of Pakistan. God bless the sacred land, citadel of faith, may it shine with glory. Well, Pakistan certainly needs blessing just now. It's, uh, they reckon that $10 billion worth of damage has been caused in Pakistan by the recent devastating floods. Um, Pakistan itself is in financial trouble. It received a $1.5 billion bailout from the International Monetary Fund this week because it's in danger of defaulting on its debts. All of the country's provinces have been hit by what have been unusually heavy rains. Now, again, it's not unusual for Pakistan to have heavy rains and to have flooding. But to the extent which it has, it, this is unusual. And this, of course, everything, every weather event is ascribed to climate change. And again, who is to say that that is not the case? But... Um, it's also to say, it isn't really that unusual. And then one of the other things we look at in the big picture is the culture. Now, well, you'll recognize this lady. Hi, I'm Megan, and this is Archetypes, my podcast about the labels and tropes that try to hold women back. Over the course of the next dozen episodes, we're going to live inside and rip apart the boxes women have been placed into for generations. Boxes like diva, crazy, the B word, slut. Some of these words, these labels are harsh. They're abrasive. And I want to get to the bottom of where they come from, why they've stuck around for so long. And That's Meghan Markle. Now, I did you a big favor. I listened to her podcast. That's an hour of my life I won't get back. It was truly awful. I mean, really cringeworthily bad. I think she and Harry have been paid, was it $15 or $20 million to do it? It's taken 600 days to have the first one. Um, She's basically using her fame and celebrity and marrying into the royal family. And she's going to have celebrities on and talk. And I thought it might be interesting. And it wasn't. I mean, it really wasn't. It was all about herself. I just cannot tell you how painful it was to listen to it. There's one interesting thing that was said. Um, perception and reality are never the same thing. And I think Meghan Markle's perception of herself and the world are not the same as reality. And the narcissism is unbelievable. It's important to be thoughtful about it, she said in an in an interview. Because even with the Oprah interview, I was conscious of the fact that there are little girls that I meet and they're just like... Oh my, it's a real-life princess. She did an interview with a journalist called Davies, and she said that in London, The Lion King, an actor from South Africa, had said to her, I just need you to know, when you married into this family, we rejoiced in the streets the same way we did when Mandela was freed from prison. I found that hard to believe for lots of reasons. Mandela came out of prison and led a nation. He came out of poverty. Meghan Markle has just bought herself a new $15 million home complete with nine bedrooms and 16 bathrooms. Who needs 16 bathrooms? Wow, breathtaking. But it turns out that we have this thing called Meghan's Truth. She just makes it up. The Daily Mail tracked down the actor who said he was the only South African in The Lion King. And he said that he'd never met the Duchess. He never said that. Mandela's grandson, Svelivili, Mandela Mandela, has said he was surprised at her remarks. I'll bet he was. Another big picture thing we look at is education. Now, again... You need to look at what education is and you need to look at the context of what's happening in the world. But what we are finding in the Western world is that education has become less about educating people's minds and more about social engineering and indoctrination. So there's an astonishing thing at the University of Sydney here in Australia and at the ANU, the the, the National University. There... I think there were 10 jobs in astrophysics and men were forbidden from applying. You know, if you're a male student studying astrophysics, why bother? Because you're not going to get a job at the end of it. The point about this, we've, we've come to this bizarre world where progressives are both sexist and racist. All right. Uh, speaking of which... Let's take a wee break. Now, I'm sorry about this next song, if it annoys you, because uh, believe you me, this is a mind worm. This song gets into your head. It's been going around in my head all week, so I thought, well, why suffer a lot? Here you are. I don't mind if I ain't got time, but that don't bother me. I'm a hillbilly girl in a hillbilly world, but that don't bother me. Well, I ain't that bright, but I know what's right from mistakes in my colour TV. I don't care if I lose my hair, because I'm living... that's the incredible um, <laughs> that's Lisa McHugh uh, no no she's not from Texas or, or Louisiana or Kentucky uh, this hillbilly girl is from Ireland and uh, you know it's amazing isn't it how I'll put a clip on we put clips on the website and I'll put a clip up of uh, line dancing in Galway <laughs> I kind of you know one of these mob things that, that go up I just I I, I love it actually well, I ain't that bright, but I know Try for mistakes in my TV I don't care if I lose my hair because I'm living heavily. I love the fact that country music in the highlands of Scotland where I grew up country music was by far the most popular form of music and folks all over love I mean I've tried to hate it I can't hate it I, I love it um, by that, by the way that particular song uh, the words are nah. I know what's right from my mistakes on my colour TV. Nah, you can learn from your mistakes, I wouldn't rely on your TV to know what's right and wrong. Stay, but this town don't bother me. I'm a hillbilly girl. In a hillbilly world, and that don't Again, in the big picture within the Western world, what's happening is people are not able to define what a a woman is, or indeed, what a man is. And that whole gender transitioning thing. We have a horrific story in Australia, Australia here just now. Dan Andrews has a policy, Dan Andrews, the premier of Victoria, has a policy to shut parents out of their children's gender transition decisions. The Victorian Education Department's LGBTIQ student support policy, under the heading Parental Consent, says this. There may be circumstances in which students wish or need to undertake gender transition without the consent of their parents or carers and or without consulting medical practitioners. If no agreement can be reached between the student and the parents regarding the student's gender identity, or if the parents will not consent to the contents of a student support plan, it will be necessary for the school to consider whether the student is a mature minor. The government are proposing to have children go behind their parents' back. Now that's crazy on anything, but especially gender transition. Now in a paper for the Medical Journal of Australia, Kalina Olarius says that in actual fact this will go against Australian law. It is utterly, utterly astounding. And incidentally, another aspect of where this madness is all leading, another bigger picture thing is uh, a pastor here put on his Facebook side this, po- this, this post. My daughter showed me her high school work. This is in Sydney. Her high school work experience information booklet. And you know what? These bigoted bureaucrats in the New South Wales Department have done now. They've prohibited work experience as a sex worker in writing. Also working near, near asbestos or travelling more than 12 kilometres out to sea. Can you imagine that we live in a world in which an education department, bureaucrats within an education department, feel that it's necessary to point out that school children can't do prost- prostitution as work experience? <laughs> Just, oh, dear me. Um, another big picture thing is how language is being destroyed, and we're going to continue to fight against that. So guess what we're going to talk about next? How many kinds of sweet flowers grow in an English country garden? I'll tell you now of some that I know and those I miss you surely. Garden. Daffodil, hard season flocks Metal sweetened lady smocks Gentine, lupin and tall hollyhocks Roses, foxgloves, snowdrops Forget-me-nots In an English country garden In an English country garden That is The English Country Garden by Jimmy Rogers Spots. Uh, There is an article in the Guardian. This is for real. I thought it was a joke. It's not. Um, Woke don't do jokes. James Wong suggests that the term gardening may need to be removed because it's loaded with cultural baggage and could be offensive. My question to plant lovers is, do we need to ditch the term gardening to reach new people? Do we need to reclaim the word by demonstrating it to be more inclusive. I'm tempted to say the former. We need to get rid of the word gardening because it's not conclusive. Just think, a grown adult man, an intelligent man, a journalist, actually wrote those words. Well, what about this? Picture me upon your knee. With tea for two and two for tea. Just me for you and you for me alone. Nobody near us... Yeah, that's Doris Day, Tea for Two, from the 1950 musical. And again, big picture-wise, we try to look at health and different issues. Small picture here is that I did something on coffee a while ago. Drinking tea can be associated with a lower risk of mortality. So a study has found, if you drink two or three more cups each day, you have between a nine and thirteen percent lower risk of death. Yeah. Oh well, I'll go back to the tea from the coffee. Although the Guardian did report that uh, drinking coffee or tea can be linked with a lower risk of stroke and dementia. Do we really believe this? And then another thing we try to do is. In the big picture stuff, we look at kind of popular culture and the way that people are seeking out. And uh, my producer, Peter, seems to have a thing about Florence and the Machine, and I can understand why. I I love the music, and I think they're very thoughtful and intelligent. Here's part of a song. When they dressed me and they put me on the plane to Memphis, well, I never got to see Elvis. I just sweated it out in a hotel room But I think the king would have understood why Never made it to Graceland The bathroom tiles were... It's a beautiful song about a singer who wants to give up. And, you know, it does like Leonard Cohen, like others. It uses salvation language without quite getting it. If I make it to the morning, I should have come with a warning. If I make it to the stage, I'll show you what it means to be saved. You know I'm still afraid, I'm still crazy, and I'm still scared. But if I make it to the stage, I'll show you what it means to be spared. And I think Peter pointed out to me that he feels that this is reflective of worship. That when we join in sung praise to God, somehow that helps us. And I agree with that. I think that is absolutely true. And, you know, we need to see the beauty in so much of our culture. And we need to try and understand the longings that people have. Well, I told the band to leave without me. I'll get the next flight and I'll see you all with Elvis. If I don't survive the night, if I make it to the morning. The biggest picture of all is, of course, the gospel. And I'm going to leave you with this tremendous song from U2. Let me introduce to you, I'd introduce to you somebody whose music we've just gotten to know and love over the last year or so and this incredible band, this is B.B. King and the B.B. King's band here, where's B.B.? When love comes to town, written for B.B. King when he came to Dublin. I love the clip that uh, we're playing from Rattle and Hum, the movie. Um, And I love when uh, B.B. King, as he's rehearsing it, reading the lyrics, goes, real heavy lyrics. You're mighty young to write such heavy lyrics. I love the song. I think that the lyrics is really, real heavy lyrics. You're mighty young to write such heavy lyrics. (laughs) You know, I'm one of those kind of rebel-like guys. I like to kind of get in there and see what's like, going on. That's yeah, right. It. Yeah. The words are stunning, though. I was there when they crucified my Lord. I held the scabbard when the soldier drew his sword. I threw the dice when they pierced his side. But I've seen love conquer the great divide. Incidentally, I loved King's humility in, the, in that when he says, "I ain't no good with chords." One of the greatest guitarists in the world. I ain't no good with chords. But that's the biggest picture of all. The biggest picture of all is to see the world, the news, the politics, the economics, the culture, all in the context of the God who created it and us and how we all relate to him. So that was a kind of overview, I hope, of what quantum is about. Please do continue. We, um, By the way, we have uh, on Spotify each month I do a Uh, playlist for the the songs and the music that we use. You can go to the website and also see links to all of that. You can uh, support us if you go to the Podbean fundraiser. That's really appreciated. I know some of you have had to stop. Other people are coming on as well. Please feel free to do so. And some exciting news. We've got a new website, the work I'm doing here in Australia, but I think it'd be relevant to people throughout the world it's www.ask.org.au and uh, go on to it and you'll see what it's all about you get plenty of opportunity to ask questions there so listen god bless you see you next week bye I threw the dice when they pierced his side, but I've seen love conquer a great divide.